Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of This Week in the XFL. I'm your host, as always, the referee representing XFL Newsroom. Ooh, the number one source in XFL News. It's a big week. It's a huge week. It's one of the best weeks ever. We saw some week two XFL action, and it was good. It continued to be good. We're gonna look at the attendance, we're gonna look at the ratings, and we're gonna look at these games here. So attendance, like we spoke about last week, Seattle knocked it out of the park, almost getting to 30,000, 29,172. Seattle Dragons fans screaming their hearts out. That's what we like to call a good flipping time. Overall, it brought the attendance uh, averages up. Houston, well look there, they were able to sustain that. They still hit that 17,000 mark, just a little under where they were last week at 17,103. DC, they, they shaved a little as well, but not too bad coming in at 15,301. And LA, the one that people weren't sure, because again, we've seen the Chargers play in the same stadium. They brought in 14,979, which I think is pretty dang good. Now let's look at these games. So starting out the weekend, we head over to DC. Just like the opening week, the first game was in DC. The defenders were looking strong going into this game, but so were the New York Guardians. They had the most sacks in the first week. They, they destroyed the Tampa Bay Vipers stopping them from getting an offensive touchdown, holding them to three points. But in this week's game, luck wasn't going their way. The DC defenders living up to their namesake defended their home field, shutting out the New York Guardians 27 to nothing. You know, Matt McGloin, he looked a little frustrated out there. They interviewed him quite a bit. You know, going into the half, he said they needed to change all of the gameplay style going into that second. You know, with a 10 minute halftime, that's a tall order. Uh, he, he ended up getting pulled out of the game. They put in the back up there and he was frustrated. You know, Coach Gilbride said in a post game, uh, you know, meeting with the team, if you're gonna talk to the press, don't blame anybody but me. The coach is taking the blame. They subsequently didn't let McGloin talk to the press afterwards. We'll see how things are shaking up here in week three, but things aren't looking too good for the quarterback whisperer and his starting quarterback, Matt McGloin. So the second game of the weekend, we're heading up to DC like we spoke about. Doing gangbusters in ticket sales, almost 30,000 people there. Tampa Bay Vipers, they were heading up to Seattle. Both teams looking for their first win well, you know, it started out a little bit slower. Tampa Bay's defense was looking strong. It got pretty close. I'll say Tampa Bay could have won this, but they couldn't pull it out. They go down, you know, they still haven't won a game. They're 0-2. They lost the game 17-9. They did get a touchdown, but via their defense, they're still the only team that is yet to get an offensive touchdown. And it, you know, it's going to be tough because they're taking on Houston this week. Moving on to Sunday, we have Dallas and Los Angeles. So Dallas, the Renegades are heading to Dignity Health 
to take on the Wildcats. Again, both teams looking for that first win. Now this game started out real slow. We went into the halftime 3-3, and it really only, it took about halfway through the uh, third quarter before the Renegades could come in and get that touchdown. Now the fourth quarter, things popped off, right? Nelson Spruce was going, Landry Jones was getting things done. The Wildcats even got within one point with about four and a half minutes left in the game, but they couldn't get it done. The Renegades got another touchdown. Ultimately, they win the game 25 to 18. The Renegades get their first win of the season and it was on the road. They're gonna be on the road again next week against Seattle. Los Angeles is staying at home, hoping to get that first win. But we're looking at our game of the week now. St. Louis traveling to Houston. Both teams undefeated. Both teams looking like offensive powerhouses. Well, Houston came in there in the first half and they looked real strong, ending out the half 21 to six. But that wasn't stopping St. Louis. Tayamu came alive in that second half and it was getting to a close game. You know, it came down to where they may have won it. And I'm sure if you were on the Twitter sphere, really anywhere on the internet during this game, or even watching, you would have seen that had they not, had they gotten that offsides call, Teamu, you know, that would have been a free play. They wouldn't have been picked off. They may have came back and won, but ultimately they lose out 28-24 which is a, the exact score I predicted on the XFL St. Louis talk show. And if you didn't check out that, uh, if you didn't see that interview, you should check it out. We'll have a link down in the description. Good guys, XFL community, sign us up. Like I said, overall week two was action packed. A little bit lower scoring games in some cases, but still a lot of action, a lot of good times. Let's do a quick recap here. So again, first game of the weekend, New York traveling to DC, Guardians taking on the defenders. They couldn't pull it out, getting shut out 27-0. Tampa Bay and Seattle looking for their first wins. Vipers moving up to CenturyLink to take on the Dragons. Couldn't pull it out in the end. Still no offensive touchdowns, 17-9 is the total there. Moving on to Sunday, Dallas traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Wildcats. Pull it out with a lot of fourth quarter action, 25 to 18. Ending it off with the last game of the weekend with the Battle Hawks traveling to Houston to take on the Roughnecks. Again, close game, 28-24, Roughnecks pull it out. It's a good week. We're gonna have a lot of week three action here that we're gonna talk about, but we'll get to that a little bit later in this episode. First, I wanna talk about ratings. So when we look, look at week one, the XFL did pretty dang good, drawing 3.3 million viewers for that first game between DC and Seattle. People had wondered, is there gonna be a big dip? We saw with the AAF, right? They had a, over 2 million viewers, dropped down to half a million viewers. Now, a lot of that was because of their broadcast partners. They went from being on CBS to be on the NFL Network, Bleacher Report, things of that nature. So how did things fare for the XFL? I think we all expected a little bit of a dip, but to me, this shouldn't be too concerning. If I was an executive in the XFL, I would be happy about these numbers. New York and DC, 2.146 million viewers. Tampa Bay and Seattle, 
getting a little bit more at 2.324 million viewers, right? So we're hitting that over 2 million viewer mark. That's what I was saying. If the league can hit that, there's no reason they can't be successful. Moving on to Sunday, Dallas and Los Angeles, 2.39 million. And now the game, this one I think should be no uh, surprise to anyone. So the later game, this one was on Fox Sports 1, but it also was uh, televised opposite of the Daytona 500. So don't be too concerned with this one. And to me, it's still a good number. 1.359 million viewers for that late game. Arguably one of the best games too, so it's unfortunate that less people watch that. But again, there was circumstances involved. Overall, like I said, these are great numbers for the XFL. There's a lot of sports that are sustainable with just a million viewers per week. So if the XFL can keep over that 2 million, 1.5 to 2.5 target, I think we're gonna be seeing this league for many years to come. But again, we're only two weeks into the season. We have a bunch more to go. We'll keep you updated as we learn more. We are the number one source in XFL news for a reason. Sign you up. Let us know. Did you watch the games? Did you enjoy the games? Let us know down in the comments below or if you're feeling like having a good time. Click the link down in the description for the Discord. Come out and hang with a bunch of like-minded XFL fans just like you and me. So we're gonna talk a little bit of news here about our friends up north, the Canadian Football League. And you know what, I bet they're getting a little nervous. So a couple weeks ago, we saw that SJ Green, veteran of the CFL, decided against re-signing with the Canadians and coming to the XFL. Initially, he was picked up by the Seattle Dragons. We were a little surprised. We expected the Tampa Bay Vipers and Mark Tressman to add to his CFL alumni we weren't too off the mark because just earlier this week, the two teams made a deal sending SJ Green to the Tampa Bay Vipers. He's reunited with his old coach from the CFL, Mark Tressman. Now he's not the only one. We're starting to see an influx of these guys from the CFL deciding to play in the XFL. It's a shorter season, ultimately pretty decent pay. And a lot of these guys are really looking to play football in the United States anywhere, anyway. So this is an enticing move for these guys if they're really trying to play in the States or even get to the NFL. But um, Armonte Edwards has now also signed with the XFL. Right now he's over in team nine, but just give it a little bit. Like we said, the league is hoping that teams are actually telling teams to pick players up off of team nine. And as those players go, the team gets replenished. So I wouldn't doubt if we see him on a team. I honestly wouldn't doubt if we see him end up on the Vipers just like SJ Green. CFL South, Tampa Bay Vipers, Mark Tressman. We'll see what they can do. We'll see if they're ready to strike on this move here. They have a big game coming up this weekend against the Houston Roughnecks. So they're gonna, they're gonna need as much help as they can get. Overall, this is great. This is great for the XFL. It's great to see players having interest in joining this league from, you know, honestly a more established football company. 
and I expect to see more of these as the years go on. Maybe even some more this season. So last week we talked about the Dallas Renegades signing Brogan Roback and putting Eric Dungy on the reserves. And basically it comes down to Dungy had some personal things he needed to take care of, some family issues, and Coach Stoops was nice enough to let him go take care of those. Well, you know what? The family issues are done. Eric Dungy is back with the Renegades, which unfortunately for Brogan Roback, he has now been waived. We may see him in Team 9, only time will tell. Possibly, like we mentioned earlier, see him in Tampa Bay. They're, they're having some issues down there, but there's still plenty of time left in the season. Overall, it's great to see Eric Dungy back with the Dallas Renegades. They have their full quarterback locker room staffed up for the first time this season. Landry Jones made his debut last week, getting Dungy back. They're looking to keep that, that momentum going as they go into Seattle, and this is only going to help them do that. I love it. I'm, it's great to see the coaches working with the players, you know, so either way, good news for Dungy, good news for the league, good news for the team. Sign everyone up. So like we mentioned a couple times, week three is right around the corner, so you know what that means, folks. We're going to the XFL Newsroom Weather Center. We're giving you that weekend report so you can better prepare for the game day Get ready for that tailgate, folks, because we have some new cities on board here. So the first game of the weekend is taking place in Tampa Bay, and it shouldn't be any surprise. It's going to be a nice one, a high of 81, low of 56. Clouds in the morning, but by the time the game starts, it's probably going to be pretty dang sunny out there. Second game of the day in Seattle. We saw a little bit of rain last week. Well, what are things looking like this week? High of 50, low of 41, partly cloudy, no chance of rain. It's going to be a good one up there, and we hope you pack the house. Moving to St. Louis for the first time this season, they're looking to get around 28,000 Battlehawks fans screaming kaka at the top of their lungs. What's the temperature going to look like? Won't matter inside because we have a dome, but the tailgate, this could be helpful. We're looking at a high of 56. Low of 42 with some showers at night, but this is the early game, so it, you might get in luck there. We're ending off the week in Los Angeles. High of 64, low of 49, partly cloudy. Overall, these are some pretty, pretty good weather reports. Probably the best weather reports of the year. We're hoping those continue as the spring gets a little bit warmer, gets a little bit closer, but Sign everyone up. We hope that helps you get ready for the tailgates and the games this weekend. So before we jump into the week three preview, we want to do some power rankings. We skipped them last week. We wanted to let it gel a little bit, but we're going to go through some rankings here, basically going from worst all the way to first, baby. We're going to start out with number eight here, which probably shouldn't be any surprise to anybody, but we're talking the Tampa Bay Vipers. Now, I didn't want them to be last place. They, they put in a lot more effort this past week, but they still don't have an offensive touchdown. And to me, if, I, if there was another team that didn't have one, maybe they'd be number seven, but they don't. 
They, they're still trying to figure out who to put in at quarterback. Everybody's screaming, Quentin Flowers. The coach doesn't want to give him that full-time role. They do have SJ Green coming to the team, so maybe we'll see him move up the charts next week. But for now, they're sitting at number eight. We'll see if they're ready to strike. Number seven here, we're moving to Los Angeles and the Wildcats. Like I said, this was a tough one for a number eight contender, but their defense did come out a little bit strong, a little bit stronger than it did in the first game against Houston, but ultimately they're still winless. They're still 0-2 on the season. They got close in that last game, but no cigar. Nelson Spruce came out big for him, so it's possible he pushes them over the line this weekend. But only time will tell. Number six, New York Guardians. Shouldn't be any surprise that they're near the bottom of this list here. We discussed some of those issues. The problems at quarterback with Matt McGloin. Doesn't seem to trust the coaches. They got shut out 27-0 in this game. They went from having the most sacks in the first week to having no sacks in the second week. They're number six, New York Guardians. We'll see if they're on duty, ready to roll, to move up these charts and kind of rebound from that, that you know unsavory loss they had last weekend. Number five, we're moving to Seattle, the Dragons. Kind of middle of the pack still. They didn't do enough to kind of break away from me. They did get their first win. They packed the house. Still had a few sloppy plays. They keep getting a couple wins under their belt. They might move up this list. If they don't, it's possible they move down. Dallas Renegades at number four. Like we said, they finally got all their quarterbacks. They got their first win. Landry Jones, a little bit slow, but came out strong in the fourth, getting them that first win. They're number four. But again, still early in the season. I expect them to become much, much more competitive as Landry Jones eases his way into the game, right? Because you got to remember, that was his first start last week. Number three was the St. Louis Battlehawks. Even though they lost, they're ahead of some of the winning teams here, but because it was so close, Jordan Tayamu came alive in the second half, got his team within four. Had it not been for that offsides call not being called correctly, they may have won the game, but that leads us to number two. The Houston Roughnecks, arguably one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league. We're putting them at number two here. Although they have the most touchdowns in the league, they also have the most touchdowns scored against them. P.J. Walker came out strong. They also have both stars, stars of the week so far in the league. Maybe they'll get the third one as well. We'll see. Attendance was good. Fans were live. Houston, number two, is nothing to scoff at. But again, D.C., they are looking scary. They are looking strong. We have to wait for week seven to see D.C. and Houston, and by then things might have changed. The reason I'm putting them at number one here is they are, to me, the best overall team. They have the offense, the defense, and the special teams. Cardale Jones is looking like an MVP out there. Nothing against P.J. Walker, but this is going to be a good game. But for now, D.C. defenders at number one. Let us know what you think of my power rankings. Let us know down in the comments below or join the conversation on Discord. It's just one little click away in the description. But we're moving on to the good stuff here. Week three preview, folks. Like we said, this season's gonna go fast. We're already in the third week. We're starting out the first game in Tampa Bay. 
They're getting their first game at Raymond James Stadium, 2 p.m. Eastern on ABC. We're going undefeated versus unwinning. We have the Houston Roughnecks going over there to take on the Vipers. This one's going to be a tough one for the Vipers, but you know what? They might pull it out. This, to me, feels like a trap game. The Vipers' defense looked a little bit stronger last week. Again, there's Aaron Murray still out. Nobody knows what they're going to do at quarterback, but it's possible we see SJ Green play, you know, his first game in the XFL, and more importantly, the first game for the Tampa Bay Vipers. But, uh, you know, we'll get to the predictions after the previews here. Either way, I'm going to be tuned in. I'm looking forward to it. I wouldn't say Houston's a lock just yet. But if they keep playing the way they did, they could easily go 3-0 after this. Almost getting close to solidifying that playoff lock. And we're early into the season. Second game of the day, we're going back to CenturyLink with the Dallas Renegades going over there to take on the Dragons 5 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Both teams got their first win last weekend. They're both looking to keep that momentum. Landry Jones, hopefully he's going to come into this game a little bit more oiled up. Hopefully not start as slow as he did last weekend. The Dragons hoping to kind of tighten up that gameplay, get a little bit less sloppiness out there. Having no rain is going to help. Seems to be a little bit slight dip in attendance, so hopefully that doesn't affect the Dragons. Overall, like I said, this is going to be a good game as well. Two solid coaches, Coach Bob Stoops against Jim Zorn. Two solid quarterbacks, Landry Jones and Brandon Silvers. It's going to be a slugfest, and it's going to be a fun one. We hope you tune in. First game of Sunday, New York's traveling to St. Louis for their first home game. Guardians at the Battlehawks. The Dome's expecting around 28,000 loud Battlehawks fans to be in attendance. It's pretty hard to find tickets for this game. There's some on the aftermarket, but they're getting pricey. So we hope you got your tickets when you had the opportunity. Either way, St. Louis is looking to rebound, as is New York. Jordan Te'amu is looking to be a stud. Matt McGloin probably wants to prove a thing or two as well. Either way, this is going to be a fun game. 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. We hope you tune in. I wish I could be there. This is... This is my game of the week here. New York at St. Louis, just for the dome, just for the audience, just for the excitement. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be big. It's gonna be great. But the last game of the weekend, we have DC going on the road for the first time, heading over to Los Angeles to take on the Wildcats. And again, this could be another trap game. Los Angeles played a little bit better last week, but so far, D.C. has been unstoppable from all ends of the field. Like we said, they have the offense, the defense, the special teams. Can they continue this streak? Like I said, it could be, a, it could be one of those trap games. We have Josh Johnson in there again. We have Cardale Jones hoping to continue his MVP-looking season so far. 6 p.m. Eastern, again, FS1, Fox Sports 1. Let us know, what is your game? What's the game that you're looking forward to the most this week? Like I said, our game of the week, New York at St. Louis, just for the crowd alone. 
but this isn't over yet. Let's get to some picks. So for our first pick of the day, we have Jay Dash talking about Houston going to Tampa Bay. Sign you up. What do you think? Houston and Tampa Bay is a very unique game to pick this time around. Both teams are going two different directions as the season's still young. But in a 10-week season, a lot of things can have to change for one team to turn around a year, while the other team looks to extend their winning streak and build on a, so far, successful season. So far in Tampa, not so good. In Houston, very positive. And I don't think that's going to change here in Week 3. Roughnecks win. All right, my man. Now my pick, we have the Renegades traveling to Seattle. You know, all those Seattle's at home, they have that big crowd. I'm thinking Landry Jones gets a little bit more comfortable, pulls it out for his team, putting them up two and one. So far, I haven't gotten any of my picks right this so far this season, so I'm due for a win. Come on, Landry Jones, keep it in the state, Texas, baby. But now we're going to move on over to the New York Guardians and the St. Louis Battlehawks. Normally, this would be the XFL delivery guy's pick, but he's on an extended delivery, so he's going to be gone for a little bit. So we're bringing in some guests to make the guest pick of the week. Our first guest is going to be Zach, the host of The Guard Post, which you can check out on XFLnewsroom.com, as well as iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere that you listen to podcasts. But let's hear what he has to say. What's up, guys? This is going to be my first time doing this. We're doing picks. This is going to be the St. Louis and New York pick. I'm picking the St. Louis Battlehawks, and let me tell you why. The matchup is bad for the Guardians. The Battlehawks run the ball very well. That's kind of been their calling card throughout these first two games. They have the first and third leading rusher in Jordan Tayamu and Matt Jones. And then the defensively, they have a really strong front seven, while the Guardians' offense has really struggled against good front sevens when they rush the passer. So I fully expect the Battle Hawks to win. It's probably going to be competitive, though. I don't expect the Guardians to come out flat after a big loss to D.C. So I fully expect the score to be somewhere around 25-20 to 20 or 21-17. to 17. I'll probably go 21-17 to 17 as the final score for this game. St. Louis Battle Hawks winning in their first game at home in St. Louis. Sign you up, and thanks for your pick. In the last pick of the week, we have the Defenders going over to Los Angeles. We're sending it over to Tron Hawkins of This Is The XFL Podcast. It's Tron Hawkins from This Is The XFL Podcast. My pick this week is the LA Wildcats hosting the DC Defenders, and I'm picking DC all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. Better team, better quarterback, better coach, better our receivers, better defense, better running backs, Probably even better trainers. They have better everything. Give me DC in a route. All right. Well, there you have it. Those are our picks for the week. Like I said, I haven't gotten any right this week. Everybody else got theirs right that last week. So the guest pick position, they're up two. Tron and J-Dash have one pick, and I'm still sitting there with the big zero, the big goose egg. But we hope you had fun this week. It was a fun week. It was a good week. We're easing into this XFL season. We're already at week three. Make sure you tune in every week, every Friday, 11 Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific for this week in the XFL. But before we let you go, if you didn't know, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. So give us a follow at XFL Newsroom for all the latest news. And since we're on YouTube, make sure you drop a like, 
comment, subscribe, and click the bell to see when we're dropping new videos. Some are gonna be live and some are gonna be pre-recorded just like this one. So until next time, ooh, sign you up.